Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. FitSpeak, the podcast, is available on Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is www.fitspeak.com. Bonus, we're also alive and kicking it on Instagram. Kevin Watt and myself serve up a tasty dish of motivation and inspiration through that picture-sharing platform. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We are at FitSpeak. And we're also Facebook-friendly. We've got easy-to-digest content there, plus some endurance sports discussions when you use that Facebook app on your phone, your laptop, or your tablet. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting's Cycling Mission, and here is your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is Intervals. Mention that word to Bruce or any one of the staff at Wentings and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wentings Word of the Week is Intervals. And we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the start of the Christmas season and those mega calories just around the corner, it's easy to get off track. TriJoy can help. We'll get you working on a structured training plan that'll burn calories and keep you motivated through Christmas and New Year's. And when the holiday season is over, you'll be fit, not fat, and ready to take on that marathon, fondle, or triathlon you have planned for 2021. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. We'll kick off the show with our feature interview with one of the most inspirational triathletes in Canada, Angela Nate. Later in the show, we've got ways to give you the edge in training or racing. It's another episode of Between the Ears with Dr. Her. 45 minutes of super caffeinated fit speak begins right now. And we are pretty excited. Our next guest a person who got invited to the hottest dance in triathlon for 2020. Of course, I'm talking about the Challenge Daytona race that's happening this fall in Florida. Local listeners will be happy to know she's from Prince George, but now makes her home in New Easton, Massachusetts. No stranger to the podium at 70.3 in Ironman distance races and one of the strongest cyclists in our sport. Welcome to Fitspeak, Angela Nate. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And welcome back to British Columbia. Yeah, I know. I can I can hear the accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick, quick weather check from uh, Massachusetts. What's it like on this um, fall-like uh, afternoon on a Wednesday for you? Well, it's already dark here, so that's a huge change. Um, the weather is funny here because I'm used to such dry conditions in the cold. So when it's about... Uh, now I have to go back to Celsius because I've been using Fahrenheit. Right. Um, when it's about 10 degrees Celsius, I guess, it's pretty chilly. Like it's um, it's a bitter cold because of the humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it, it, it definitely gets down to your bones. So yeah. that's about the temperature right now and it's spitting rain. <laughs> but yeah. very dark. But very dark. Yeah, we've, we're yeah. waiting for our sunset. Um, you're originally from Prince George, so you're no stranger to legitimate Canadian winters. I'm right now oh, broad- yes. <laughs> broadcasting from the Fraser Valley, which is kind of uh, you know the the warmest part in Canada right now. But uh, before that, I lived in Smithers, you know, and did some time in Prince George as well. So so happy you could uh, make it to the fo- uh, the podcast. Um, what was on the schedule for today for your workouts? 
Um, today was a 4K swim and then uh, about an hour 15 easy spin bike, which I did on Zwift, and then uh, an hour 20 run. So you did a whole triathlon again today. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And speaking of yeah. triathlon, <laughs> I had heard on a podcast, I believe it was Bob Babbitt, over at the Boston Marathon a couple of years back that you were trying your darndest to get your mom involved in running and it sounded like she started running. Has she become a total triathlon convert now? Well, she does all the training. She does swimming, biking, and running, but I've yet to get her to actually do a uh, triathlon. She said she doesn't have any um, competitive spirit, but mm. um, I I, I I disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you probably so. know than uh, better than most people, so you're gonna have to give yeah, her the nudge. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and we know you had to travel quite a distance. Where was it to, to Hinton for your first triathlon? Yeah, yeah, actually when I was first trying the sport, uh, we drove about four and a half hours to see if I even enjoyed triathlon and it was a local, uh, a local indoor triathlon um, outside of um, Hinton, Alberta. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course, that turned out pretty well, and the rest is history. Um, let's go back to Prince George for a minute. When was the when was the last time you were up there hanging out at the Pine Center Mall? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Pine Center Mall was probably when I was back in uh, high school. Um, but I, I I go home probably every Christmas. Um, mm. I really try to make it home for every Christmas. Um, and unfortunately, that's really the only time that I, that I head up there. So I wish I was there in the summer because that's kind of the best time to be yeah, there for the, sure. Yeah, if, if you can handle the mosquitoes, summer's not too bad oh, up in Prince yeah. George. So, <laughs> um, you know, Prince George, not obviously a, a hotbed of triathlon, but yet here you are a professional triathlete. How does that happen? Yeah, I, am, I was a track athlete for, gosh, since I was in sixth grade. Um, and then I got a track scholarship and headed down to the States. Um, so I did a master's degree down there and that's kind of when I learned about triathlon a bit more. I saw a triathlon years ago on, on the TV, but yeah, you're right. There was no triathlon in, in the area of Prince George. But when I came back home after all my, um, all my university studies, I really wanted to jump into one. And so it wasn't until a year after that's when I started to look for a search. And that's when I found that there was a local one mm -hmm. <laughs> somewhat in, uh, Hinton, Alberta, and just fell in love with it. I, you know, I always loved to ride my bike, and I was a lifeguard at uh, the Aquatic Center in Prince George. Oh, that for makes it great. Years. Yeah, so I was always just around sports and, and, you know, all three of those sports. And so I really just wanted to try it out, and gosh, I just loved it. Mm -hmm. So here you are now in New Easton, Massachusetts. How do you go from Prince George to, to Massachusetts? What's that journey, if you can tell us a little bit about that? Uh, it was a journey around the world, that's for <laughs> sure. So I, I really, um, when I lived in Prince George, I was with a long-term boyfriend and fiance at the time, and we actually moved to Penticton because that's kind of where we thought uh, we wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And then I went down to... California for a training camp for a triathlon. I just found a local one. Uh, well, not really local, but found one on the internet because I really just wanted to see what triathlon was all about. Mm -hmm. And that's when I met a coach that really saw that I had potential in the sport. And so it just kind of really in, in, um, instilled in me that if I really wanted to do this, I really wanted to, to follow my dreams. I had to kind of give it my all. And so I decided to kind of leave everything and, um, 
I mean, we decided to stop our relationship at that time too, mm. but um, I just wanted to give it, give it a chance. And so I, I headed south and got a, um, a training visa to be in the States and really just traveled where the sun was. Oh, uh, nice. To California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to Cal- California, uh, Arizona, Colorado. Um, I lived on very, very meager. Um, I lived in people's basements. Oh, wow. I lived in a tent a couple times, um, a trailer. Yeah, it was it was tough times, um, definitely. But I think that's kind of how it got me to where I am today. And um, I've lived in Vegas. I've kind of lived all over the states. And uh, now um, my boyfriend is from Northeastern, um, out here outside of Boston. And so that's kind of why I'm here. And uh, I, I plan to stay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been here for about four years. So long enough to uh, lay down some serious roots. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's funny because I used to travel so much with triathlon and because of this year with COVID and everything, I really, we spent, you know, 100% of our time here. So it was actually a good benefit because it really helped me solidify this as home and mm-hmm. uh, that, that's always a good feeling. Yeah, our summer's been kind of split between we're, we're doing the podcast here from Mission, but we've got a place in Penticton, so split between, uh, you know, two pretty decent places to do some training. Um, you know, it's not totally frigid here in the Fraser Valley yet. I was swimming in the lake on Thursday and people were kind of oh, looking wow. at me weird. They were wearing parkas walking down the beach, but I was suited up from head to toe. I'm going to give it another try tomorrow and see uh, we've had a not so bad spell of weather here but um, it looks like eventually I'm gonna have to make it into a swimming pool Um, you know it has been as you were saying such a kooky year um, with this whole COVID-19 what have been a couple of the things that you know have motivated you over the past nine months yeah when it started I you know just like everyone it's like oh it'll just be a couple months and I'll be able to do this and that but it really went uh, all year. <laughs> um, so what I actually did is I really looked looked into riding a lot in Zwift. Mm-hmm. And so um, a bunch of us um, pros actually created a, a racing team. And a fellow member of it, Amanda Wender, I have to give her all the credit. She really started it all. And um, we were able to get a lot of um, other w- women on board. And so not only do we have the pro the pros racing but we have over 82 women i think racing now so that was really something that was we all kind of collectively put put some hands in but amanda really really did it all and then another aspect i did is i actually reached out to a lot of my sponsors and and did a lot of virtual events with them oh yeah so i would give away a ton of product and we would do time trials on swift we i would do run races like a virtual run race mm-hmm. or activity um, so I did a number of those just to kind of stay in within the community because it was it was it was a hard, it was a hard you know stop to everything and um, I also own and am the founder of I Race Like a Girl which is a women's team of about 300 women global we have a a number in Canada actually mm-hmm. and I really put a lot of effort um, into that community and it really helped me get through the time you know we did a lot of Zoom activations and events and uh it's it's just a stronger community now because of it all so 
So, um, it definitely kept me busy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just keeping the, you know, the interest in the sport, uh, honoring your commitments to your sponsors and, and getting, you know, lots of connections with the, the rank and file age group triathletes. I'm just going to go back for a second here because my wife wanted to ask you this question. We were prepping for the interview. So do you have any history? Uh, the name of your training group is I Race Like a Girl. How did you come up with that? Yeah, so the uh, community was started about four years ago. I was actually going through divorce um, and really lost a sense of love for the sport. And and then I started trying to think of like why I do triathlon and, and, and what I'm doing. And I, 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 it brought me back to the races that I did in, in, in Vancouver and Penticton and all over BC. It was, it was those small kind of grassroots community programs. And um, throughout the years, I would do homestays for a lot of my races, and mm-hmm. I just met so many people all over all over the U.S. and Canada. And I just wanted to create something that I could um, give back to the community, especially for females. And um, you know, when I was starting the sport, I wish I would have had the ability to talk to a, a pro about how to do certain things. I think I think uh, I would have changed <laughs> a lot mm. of decisions on my end for that and so kind of accumulatively putting all that together and the fact that um you know the the idea of of a race is just to go out and have fun and see what you got and that's kind of what you used to do as a kid and so a lot of a lot of us females and males included but obviously i'm gearing toward the females we kind of lose that kind of fun excitement and so I race like a girl is about empowering yourself and, and empowering others to do the same to really just go out there and give it what you got and race because be because you love it you know like that's the reason why and how we how we started with the fun and the excitement of the sport as a little girl um so kind of putting all that together um mm-hmm. is kind of how it all kind of began and it's grown and it's just been uh it's just been such a great community and uh we support each other uh we have people from gosh 12 years of age all the way up to 72 wow from veterans mm-hmm. to beginners to ironman athletes to sprint athletes to cyclists to runners so we all collectively help and support each other we have challenges all the time um i have a, an amazing support network with my sponsors i mm-hmm. give away a, a ton of gear to the team and and uh it's just it's been a blast well, it's got to be a hell of an incentive. I mean, like you were saying a little bit earlier, as a, as a beginning triathlete, um, we're known for making some silly mistakes, you know, going out on our own, uh, whether it's being <laughs> yeah. stubborn or just kind of putting on the blinders. I kind of know what I'm doing. And of course, with your track background, you had an idea of how to approach success, but to actually be able to speak with a pro or a person who's done multiple races, maybe you could have avoided some some silly mistakes in, in that learning curve which was very fast for you <laughs> yeah it was fast so i i met the coach down in uh, california and he just said you know you can really go pro and so he kind of took me under his wing and uh that year i did a half ironman in uh, outside of calgary um alberta and ended up winning the event and getting wow. my time fast enough for um a pro card mm-hmm. and so i really jumped into the pro ranks right away and really had a steep learning curve mm-hmm. um and so from there forward i just raced as a professional 
Wow, that is fast. Now, of course, 2020, lots of successes. I mean, I race like a girl, big success, and you're honoring, honoring rather your commitments to all your sponsors, but obviously some challenges. Um, what are some of the big challenges you've had to face personally, professionally during this whole COVID craziness? Um, well, a lot of it actually was, um, I mean, the biggest challenge, I guess, that, that, that I've been trying to fight for the last few years has been Lyme disease. You know, it's, uh, it's been something that I was diagnosed with a few years ago. And I would kind of have these relapses every time I'd get off antibiotics. And the one thing I decided to do during COVID was really kind of fight it. And I did so much research on it and mm. reached out to many, many doctors and started a protocol actually in July. Um, and I'm just kind of finishing it off and um, but it really put me on the couch for a lot of it, trying to just kind of eradicate the infection and, and stuff that goes on with Lyme. Um, so that was really tough, actually. Um, but at the same time, it was a benefit because there was no real racing. And I mm -hmm. could really just, you know, um, you know, it, it basically annihilated me a lot of the days. Oh, and my so goodness. I spent a lot of time on my couch and in my bed. And um, hopefully I'm over it. <laughs> yes. It was a really tough go, but um, it's just a process to kind of see how things smooth out over the, over the next couple months. But um, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I'm, I'm getting back to back to having to bounce in my step and training's going well. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited for um, the, the potential races that are coming up and uh, obviously next year for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's just talk money real quick. How do, you, how do you make a go of it as a pro when there's no prize money? Yeah. Well, it's kind of a fallacy that you make a lot of money out of prize money. I mean, I mean, if you do really well, you're definitely going to make some. Uh, sponsors, obviously, if you have specific contracts, are very, very supportive mm -hmm. in that sense sometimes. Um, but I, I also coach as well, and so I have a pretty good coaching company that we I coach a number of age group athletes, um, and that's kind of been a really key for me, anyways. Um, and then a lot to do with my sponsors and doing that kind of stuff. I. I really try to, I kind of have my hands in a lot of different mm -hmm. things because I think as a pro, you can't always bank on, on one thing because something like COVID could happen. And, um, but it definitely was a hard a hard hit for sure. Yeah. Um, luckily, I don't really need a lot in life. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's good to be financially secure and have that, but um, I'm not someone who has a lot of big bills anyway. So, so no, I really do, I focus on what I love. <laughs> so no, no bike rack on the Ferrari? Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> so in addition to you, I mean, you're, like I said in the introduction, one of the fastest long-distance uh, cyclists in triathlon. So we've got you. We've got from Penticton, uh, Jen Annett, who I believe still has the record yeah, for yes. the Ironman distance. And then, of course, um, another former person from Ontario and now makes uh, British Columbia their home, uh, Rach McBride, and she set the, you know, triathlon world on fire at the Canadian Championships. You know, her bike split was as fast as a lot of the pro men. Um, explain to me how that happens. All from BC, all super fast cyclists. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think... What's know, in the water? <laughs> What's in the water? What's know, in the definitely. water? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think we're a little tough in, in BC. Um, I mean, we come from... A very adventurous area like there's mountains there's uh lots of rain there's lots of snow there's um but i don't know maybe it's the mentality as as we grow up you know you you really fight for things and um i know that's kind of where my thought process is i don't really know no um 
their backgrounds too mm-hmm. much, but I know that they definitely have a lot of grit and tenacity. So um, we definitely can relate. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I was going to attribute it maybe. Uh, I've got a friend who lives in McKenzie and he says some of the best training he gets is, you know, grizzly bear intervals on the bike. <laughs> That's a long, lonely That's stretch crazy. between uh, Mackenzie and the rest of the world, and he's got one paved road. So hi there to Craig Burke. Also hi to our Fitspeak uh, co-host Roy Macbeth, also from Prince George. Oh, nice! Wow. Uh, thought I'd throw in the the shout out. Well, um, speaking of yourself, and uh, it's been so amazing working from a journalist point of view with a professional triathletes organization. They have made things so smooth for getting out information to the public and to the journalists. Um, And one of the things we're always looking at from, you know, both a male and a female perspective is rivalries. Of course, you know, I mean, if you've ever been on the Bob Babbitt uh, podcast and you have, he's always going on, you know, Mark Allen versus Dave Scott. We had the Germans versus uh, Greg Welch and, of course, uh, Maka. But uh, do you have any inside information on perhaps any female rivalries at the Ironman and 70.3 distance? Um, I don't. I really, I mean, um, I, I'm not, I don't really have any, like, inside scoop of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should should we start rumors now? Should we get a rivalry yeah. going? <laughs> we'll think about that. We'll think about that. Of course, the we're biggest Canadians, we're 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 always very friendly. <laughs> I know, and and that's so true. I mean, Lionel Sanders. I mean, he had opportunity to to do some trash talking and kind of keeps it on the straight and narrow. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to work on that. Maybe get a bit of a hockey attitude going into the into the world of triathlon. But enough about that. Biggest try event of the year, of course, with Kona not happening this year, and who knows for next year. I mean, my goodness. But the biggest event going to be Challenge Daytona. We've got a great Canadian race announcer in, in Kevin McKinnon. But what can you tell us about what makes this different and how perhaps you were able to get invited? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be a phenomenal event. Uh, they have over a million dollar prize purse. They have, I, I believe, I think 90 pros total. I'm not sure. I'd be, don't quote me on that, but it's pretty close to that. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about it. It's, it's, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity that seems to have come up. And um, it's a half iron event, event down in Daytona, Florida. Um, I was there last year kind of um, helping out a little bit mm-hmm. um, and fell in love with it. Um, but I know that they, they, so for the PTO, they go down the ranks and so the top 40 go in there and then they have some wild card selections Yes, and then also some special guest selections. Um, so the wild card had a bunch of criteria in terms of like, if they've, uh, proven themselves at specific races or events or, um, you know, was sidetracked for a little bit, but then, um, wasn't able to race. And so that's why they weren't in the top top 40 in the rankings um but there's very specific criteria that Mm. they looked at in terms of seeing who who would who would be selected as a wild card um and i was selected as one of those wild cards so i'm very fortunate Mm -hmm. and very grateful for that and um yeah i'm gonna give it my all and and see what happens and um i mean they have people from itu to um, iron man so you know, my goal is obviously <laughs> not to be last of that water with those with, with those ITU athletes. Oh, right, but, um, yes. It, yeah, it should be definitely a very, a very amazing race. So it should be fun. And have you been doing any, I mean, Sanders has been, you know, to the velodrome 
practicing and, and, and succeeding at that sort of thing. He's turning in some personal best 5K times. Any uh, specific Challenge Daytona sessions that you're doing, Angela? Not right now. I mean, we still have about five weeks to go, mm-hmm. and so I'll probably just try to dial it in. I know what I'm kind of expecting there. Um, you know, I don't have a, a velodrome near me. Um, <laughs> okay. But but the but the uh, Daytona course is is outside, and we do get a couple days where we can practice around the dome and stuff. So that's pretty nice. Um, but again, it's really just uh, some pretty hard some pretty hard intervals that will come up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kind of filling in the in the blanks for training all the way up to race day. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you're on the shiny side of recovering from this Lyme disease, which sounds like it takes yes. a long, long time to recover from. Yeah, it's funny. It's um, There's not a lot of really good um, education and, and uh, knowledge about Lyme disease. Uh, it's taken me two years to really understand it. And mm-hmm. a lot of doctors don't necessarily follow proper protocols and there really is no proper protocol because okay. they're still researching a lot out about it. So mm. um, it's kind of a trial and error, trial and error for a lot. And mm-hmm. so I've been really working at finding the best trial and error. So I'm really hoping that uh, what I found and what I've, what we've been doing has been really helpful. And yeah, um, I'm really hopeful and uh, I feel really good. So I'm just now it's all about building up to right. to having a solid uh, event in Daytona. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, flip that to the the dark side of the coin route now, Angela. You've obviously improved, like you got into the pro ranks uh, very quickly, but there's got to be some of these things. So if there was uh, an Angela Nath um, bloopers reel when it comes to triathlon, (laughs) what sorts of uh, events would we be watching? Well, when I first did my very first one, I ran out of transition with my helmet on, so I guess that's a pretty big blooper. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. what else? Um, I've crashed a few times. Those are not very fun bloopers. No. <laughs> yes, but uh, I was definitely bloopers. Um, what else? Uh, I would drop my nutrition sometimes mm. and try and. But other than that, it was it was it was. I mean, I can't remember all this all the small mistakes, but the crashing was probably the biggest bloopers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Never never got lost on a race course. Um, I have gotten lost okay. on the race course. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I think we all fun. have. Yeah, yeah. As a pro, I mean, you do a lot of press stuff. Um, what question would have you liked to have been asked but never have been so far? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I mean, I think I've pretty much been asked almost everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess just the random stuff, you know, you always get asked the same type of questions yeah. and stuff. So more of the very random or very different kind of existential questions are always are always fun ones. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to uh, pounce this one on you. I don't think you've been asked it before, but it's a standard Fitzby question. So, Angela, if you were an animal, if you were an animal other than a human being, what animal would you be and tell us why? Um, I would be a dolphin a because dolphin. I, yeah, I, I look at dolphins and they're just such, uh, magical creatures to me. When I was in Kona a few years back, I was lucky enough to wake up at six in the morning and go for a swim. And there was no one in the pier and a, a pod of dolphins came and swam with me. And it wow. was just the most amazing experience. 
and I was all by myself and it was just me and these dolphins and it was a good like five five minutes they kind of went around me and um it, i just i felt something special mm -hmm. and so i always think if i were an animal i'd like to be a dolphin <laughs> well that'd be super exhilarating to swim with dolphins i was in wanak lake uh, last week i swam with a beaver for about 10 or 15 seconds we kind of freaked each other out which is exactly what canadians do right we we meet oh i'm sorry sorry man so i think the beaver apologized to me <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Angela. I'm wishing you the best of success. You've got uh, the ticket to the biggest show in town, and we hope you, you do well. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hello, I'm Dr. H. Elise Ree, and this is Between the Ears. Today, I'd like to tell you about an article written by a registered psychologist, Dr. Derek Swain, who wrote an article called Lessons from the Mental Training of Athletes. He wrote that the mental abilities of concentration, composure and confidence are crucial for success in sport. The way athletes train is a prime example of highly focused discipline and determination. Mental training involves learning to better manage thoughts, feelings and behaviors in order to enhance performance. It involves consistent work with rewards that move us toward peak performance in sport. This work includes focusing on what is controllable, breathing effectively, visualizing success, reflecting on performance, dealing with failure, and having a sense of humor and perspective. It allows including the four important skills of leadership, communication, collaboration, and time management. In short, mental training teaches more effective ways of self-management. When we choose to be a peak performer in sport, it is important to set goals which are realistic, satisfying and challenging so that we are internally drawn toward work that will improve performance. And coaches and supporters should provide encouragement to help remind us of our strengths, potential and what is important to us. There are a great many factors that go into winning often capricious events that do not adequately reflect performance. Simple luck is a huge factor. It is important that success is not defined as a single, elusive dimension that may not appropriately measure performance. Ultimately, it is the continuing pursuit of excellence that really counts. And that pursuit involves learning an attitude of discipline and sustained energy. Excellence, or mastery, is an elusive goal because it's never completely attained. There is always more to achieve or better to accomplish, but it is the excitement and the challenge of the continuing pursuit that motivates the most successful people. To persist with the pursuit requires acceptance that goals such as awards or championships are not the end themselves, but markers of progress towards mastery. The pursuit of mastery is a pain requiring ruling passion and perseverance for long-term goals over many years. The pursuit involves five steps. First, the deliberate practice with the sole objective to improve performance. Second, it's the repetition in proper practice to refine the skills. Third, the pursuit of constant critical feedback so that you know what you're doing and what you need to improve. Four, you need ruthless focus on where you need help, improving weaknesses. And five, 
you need preparation for a process which will be mentally and physically exhausting, which is why so few people commit to it. Successful people develop consistent and productive habits. Habits consist of knowledge, which allows us to know what to do, skill, which is the ability to know how to do it, and desire, which is the motivation to do it and repeat it. Athletes and others seeking to improve their mental performance need to build a strong sense of self-awareness of what works for them. Keeping a journal to track their state of mind and how it correlates with performance is helpful. From a physiological point of view, excitement and anxiety exhibit in similar ways, such as shortness of breath, increased heart rate, and sweaty palms. Much of it comes down to whether the situation is framed as exciting or threatening. The trick is not to eliminate the butterflies in your stomach, but to get them to fly in formation. A professional tennis player said, among the top 100 tennis players, physically there's not much difference. It's a mental ability to handle the pressure to play well at the right moments. Successful athletes enthusiastically make the best of every situation, consistently putting in the hard work and making sacrifices in order to realize their aspirations. Success often means doing things that others fail to do. Confidence comes through the conscious repetition of skills, building muscle memory, so that in competition you perform the skills automatically, responding to circumstances without conscious thought. Whether it is in sport or in career, self-improvement involves commitment, diligence, and hard work. Trying and failing, making and admitting mistakes are essential to learning and lead to improved performance. Superior athletes need to develop mental tenacity and strength. That's the ability to surpass complacency, working harder and harder with resilience to failure and adversity in a relentless and disciplined pursuit of long-term goals. It involves taking responsibility for what can be controlled, disregarding what cannot be controlled, and learning from experience and making no excuses. Instead of whining, complaining, blaming, criticizing, or sulking, it involves supporting and encouraging others. An inner strength bank account helps people to remain positive and proactive in the most adverse of circumstances. This strength is built by doing whatever is hard over and over, particularly when you don't feel like doing it. Mistakes are an opportunity to learn and to improve. Failure is a wonderful teacher if we learn the lessons and act on them. For Between the Years, this is Dr. H. Elisri. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. Coming up on our next episode, we'll chat with a University of Victoria researcher who will be telling us about his exciting study on how COVID-19 is affecting the psyche of triathletes across the country. As well, Abbotsford Triathlon head coach Mikey Ross will be back for his top five list. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Intervals. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Intervals. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. 
Whether you want to get faster or go farther, TriJoy can help. With our low client-to-coach ratio, we can give you the attention you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. Just a reminder that our Facebook page is your local go-to spot for information and inspiration. Yes, it's FitSpeak on Facebook. And now at FitSpeak on Instagram is your place on the internet where you can see what we've been up to, what excites us, and for you to share your story and pictures. Finally, if you're listening to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, why not drop by our website to see a bit more about the program, maybe leave us a comment on the show, or ideas for future programs. For Kevin Watt, Dr. Her, Roy McBeth, and Mikey Ross, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>